It's time for Confessions of a Serial Salesman. Author, expert sales trainer, and serial entrepreneur Steve Noodleberg wants to help you change your life and your business using his 27 roles for influencers and leaders. Tell me something good. This is the Confessions of a Serial Salesman podcast with Steve Noodleberg. Here's Josh Cohen. And welcome to yet another edition of the Confessions of a Serial Salesman, the podcast. This is already to number 73. It's almost like the Dolphins' perfect season, brother. Uh, unbelievable. It, ju- uh, it just feels like just last week we were doing 72. But you did say I'm, I'm getting better, so I like that. You are. The, the problem is you're getting better at a very slow rate. <laughs> so I figure by episode 247, it'll be passable. Here's what's really cool. This is in the works. Uh, when we hit 100, mm-hmm. we're having an anniversary event. A big party. And all of the guests will be invited to mix and mingle a big party. at the 100th. Uh, celebration episode, the centennial the centennial of the confessions so of we're, serial we're looking at that i mean it's you Indeed. know it comes on pretty quick remember the book available hardcover paperback and of course an audio book as well and then in this format which we always have fascinating people that just kind of sit down and as we say have the kind of conversation that makes other people want to eavesdrop into so i'm super excited about um having our guest Lori george on uh, she's the ceo of united way here in palm beach we were introduced through a mutual friend a couple years ago, mm-hmm. uh, which is kind of cool. I've been here in Palm Beach going on four years, mm-hmm. which is kind of incredible. Yep. But um, one of my philosophies, which uh, worked here, was you know get out, meet the right people, uh, see what you can do to help them. And uh, so I met Lori. I was able to help her, and I'll let her share how I helped her. Mm-hmm. But she, like most CEOs, recognizes that you're selling every day. Whatever your goal is, it's a it's a sales job. Mm-hmm. She's selling internally. She's telling selling externally, and so we jived and we did work together. And I've continued to do work there. So I'm excited that you're here. Welcome. I can't wait to have you share your story, especially as a newly married. Oh, congratulations! Is that right? Thank you. Yeah, not wow. even a month yet. So. You, you've been married less than a month. Less than a month. So there's plenty of time to figure out. This is not for you. Plenty it's of time. All good. Oh, all good. The, yeah, so is it serious? It is serious. <laughs> well, that's what happens sometimes. <laughs> President and CEO of United Way, Palm Beach County, Lori George, welcome. Today's all about Thank leadership. You. Steve sees in you a lot of qualities in leadership. He thinks that the listening audience can appreciate and learn from as well. Uh, being a leader to you means what? Means doing what, saying what, being what? Boy, doing what, being what, saying what. Because um, you lead by example. You have to right. in the space in which you occupy. Right. It's not it? a you know purely for-profit organization that just cuts and, and leans and streamlines. You're you know in that... 501c3 space, you're in that charitable space making a difference in the community. Right, right. Um, I mean, you really have to be mission focused. Um, each and every day, you have to genuinely care about the people that you're trying to help. Passion. Passion. Compassion. It's Com- really compassion. Wow, compassion. Yeah, definitely compassion. Passion. You, and compassion. you want to alleviate human suffering, and mm. it makes me get up every single day. I want to do more. And bring people to the space to help us. That's part of that authenticity, Steve, that you cover in the book. One of the rules you and I talk about every week. If you're not, some folks, you know, like, oh, here's a great job. Here's a great title. And, but you're not away in the work that they do. And you should probably explain a little bit about that in a moment. You have to really care about the mission and not just the bottom line and the numbers on the sheet. You have to care about the people that you're doing this with and that you're doing it for. So you just hit it on the head because I think there's a lot of CEOs who are in their own minds, have their vision crystal clear, being able to communicate that to the people that you work with and have them believe in you to follow, you know, the, you know, so, you know, leadership is about creating other leaders 
And, and so I think that's a challenge that I, I've seen you do. You care equally about your constituents as you do about your people. You know, I've worked with your people, and they're all in this boat together, and the culture there was very different than most of the charities, and that's what I was attracted to. So uh, why don't you tell people what United Way is? Because yeah. I, I think there's a, somewhat of a misnomer as to what that is. Before the podcast we went on the air, you know, I joke, thanks to you, it works for all of us, the United Way. If you watched football in the 80s and 90s, you were a kid growing up, you got pounded with that message over and over again, and still as a little kid you go, okay, well, what exactly do they do? Mm-hmm. So our mission is basically to ensure that everybody has access to the basics, enough mm-hmm. to eat, a place to sleep, access to quality health care and education. Uh, we really believe in helping people have the skills and resources to lift themselves up out of their situation and improve their lives. It's not a handout. It's a lift up. It's a lift up. And that's an important message to convey. So, so what's interesting is that when I got introduced to United Way years ago when I lived in Broward County, I was unaware of the mission and... Most importantly, I was unaware that I could donate to United Way and then I could direct my donation, my contribution to whatever other charity mm. that was of my choice, which was fascinating to me. So they're like the central a hub, porthole, in a way. porthole yeah. which people understand, but, but I don't think a lot of people know that. I think that's a message that maybe gets... Yeah. Diluted. What may be the biggest misconception about what United Way is and what they do? What, what might be where people have the wrong idea? Yeah, I would say the biggest mis- misconception is people think that we provide direct service to people, and that's not how it works. It's exactly what you were saying. Mm-hmm. We're really a, a hub, and so we'll vet the quality of nonprofits and make sure that we're spending money uh, on nonprofits that are um, getting good financial outcomes, getting good human outcomes, that type of thing. So there are thousands and thousands of charities to select, and we really pick the top 100 and make sure that the, every dollar is being spent well. Hence the term united. That's Correct. Factors in there. And, and they throw great parties. <laughs> do you? Do you throw great parties? We do. You know, He's I'm, been at several. You're I, welcome to come too. I, I used to either um, <laughs> MC host or ask to participate in upwards of 60 uh, charitable events a year, which turns out to be more than one a week. And I can't remember the last event that I did for or with directly United Way where they said, hey, we would like you to present or speak or MC. I don't recall the last time that <laughs> That's was. That's going to change it's today. Gonna change. I was floored. <laughs> so it's like almost a miss on my part because, you know, ESPN and Good Karma brands mm-hmm. are so um, philanthropic in how they operate in the community. I can't believe, I assume that they're was a relationship and there's not really so we're doing that today (laughs) and i bring as many of my charitable in foundation events to espn and more so than the ones that espn says hey would you like to participate in this so and um, you do an amazing job, I must say. I do an amazing the job. The events that I go to, they really? Go, yeah, they're fun. Well, because you were you were drinking. That's why it seemed fun. Well, that's I drink why all the time. Well, that's why it seemed fun. It seemed like I was doing a great. Right. Go to one sober while I'm also not drinking, doing it, and see how you feel. It's never good. See how it works out. Um, no, all kidding aside, we're talking about leadership. And and on the rundown, Steve wanted to get into a few points, including the idea of developing and growing as a leader. So a lot of people listening to this, that's what they're trying to do. They bought the book for a reason. They go watch him speak for a reason. They listen to this for a reason. They want to learn to get, trying to get better every day, like that New England Patriot way. Uh, what do you do as a leader to try and do just that? I surround myself with people like Steve Noodleberg, for one, <laughs> really and truly. Re- really and truly. Really like, and truly. Um, and, and just always trying to 
I try to focus on, you know, certain skill per year, to be honest. Really? Yeah. I mean, because that way I can organize the reading I'm doing. I really dive in deep on different areas. So you, every year you say, okay, this is a new skill that I'm going to focus exactly. on for this year. Yeah. So instead of like a new year resolution, yeah, this is. is your new yeah. strength. Like that. It's that true. Is, that's yeah. empowering. And then I everything I do on, is, uh, you know, and over the course of time, yeah. you've been there 20 years. Right. So you've had 20 wow. skill yeah. sets. Yeah. Wow. Just make it a priority and then you start to pick up and you network and uh, you know Steve is really influential in helping not just me but my team mm-hmm. learn sales skills. So how and has being a president and a CEO changed in the 20 years in the internet age, in the LinkedIn age, in the age of who's verified, who's not, everyone's on social media, some for the right reasons, wrong reasons. How has your role and I guess your job changed in maybe the last six years with the power of LinkedIn connectivity and social media? Yeah, that's an excellent question. So I've been the CEO there for six years, and uh, just the way people are communicating is entirely different. And there's so much noise out there now that it's mm. really cutting through the noise to communicate with people in a way that they um, trust you. I mean, that's really it. Speaking um, their language? Speaking their language. Getting them to really um, have an experience. If you can connect with somebody through social and get them to come attend something, then they get the warm fuzzies and they want to come back. So, uh-huh. so Lori was one of those CEOs who recognized that there was a void in social media. She didn't develop her brand, and and I give her tons of credit because she asked, can you help me do this? Yes, I can. That's it the takes greatest. A lot, it takes a lot to ask for. It takes it a does. lot to ask that. Especially when you, you're a president, you're a CEO of a, of a company, of an organization, to say, hey, can you help me? That's showing vulnerability. I but also to us on the spot. I was like, great, that's a, that's a perfect ask. A place where I could add value. Yeah. Was happy to do it. I'll never forget going to sit down, and, and it was so new and so foreign to you. But you know what? You learned it over a period of time, and then I think probably to this day, Shay will admit it. One of the greatest uh, refer, um, testimonials we had was when you said, "Hey, the board is recognizing how much I'm communicating through social media. The message gets out there. People hear it. So you know, people don't understand the power of their voice." in social media and nonprofits are equal to all the other companies out there. You need to have your voice. I think the thing that was amazing to me is the CEOs of these big organizations like NCCI, like FPL, really large organizations in town that we work with. Um, it's hard to get access all the time to the CEOs because they're busy people, Of course, but they're on LinkedIn. And so Steve really mm-hmm. taught me, he said, start putting this stuff out. And they really started liking it. So we were having a lot more interaction just it was crazy like a lot of interaction during the month that we otherwise wouldn't have because it was a lot more informal and they're like oh i really like that and they do seem in person and they you know they reflect back to some of the things that they saw or they want you to come into their company and make that connection so it was, it was fantastic Steve. Which it was I'm, good so i'm thrilled obviously that you get to use it but the big misnomer for people in social media is that it's fluff it, the, who's watching and uh, why would i take my time to do that that's part of cutting through the noise, through the noise yeah part you know? of that so, so, you know, when, when someone says to me, well, you know, the people I'm trying to get to are not on LinkedIn. Well, the 610 million people on LinkedIn, they're probably there. And so, so, so for me to look at CEOs in general, but specifically here, who is willing to get out of her comfort zone and make a change because it was funny when we got started. There was We probably should have filmed <laughs> bloopers and stuff. What was funny when you got started? It was sure, just great. No, sure. no, no, because you know, it's such a new platform. It's a new playing field that people are uncomfortable. And I remember when I first started, and I just liken it to people ride, the first time they ride a bike. 
You didn't jump on the bike and go flying around. Mm-hmm. You fell, you skinned your knees. There's a, there is a time period it takes to practice and get better. But once you get better at it, it becomes second nature. And you're talking right now about LinkedIn specifically? Uh, almost all social of the media. social media. All, all of right. the social media. You know, it's great for telling a story. It's great for research. When you know, used properly. Chloe is here today. Now, who's to, Chloe? Cl- Chloe is the head of events or what's your title? Associate Director of Communication. I think it's important for the audience to note that you're not talking to your imaginary friend. There's a human being who's also in the room they've not heard from or of that you're, you know, you're... I forget sometimes. That's why you're the professional. That's right. But uh, Chloe's here to take pictures and tell this story. What's her title again? So Associate Producer of... Director. (laughs) Close. The Associate... That's what I just said. See, I got it the first time. See, and you, listening is half the battle. Yes, indeed. It's the most important aspect of communication. You calling me out again? Yeah, a little bit, maybe. You know what so you were saying Chloe and events, you were saying. But she's here to take pictures and to capture the story. And I think the big hang-up for people is, why would people care that I'm, at, I'm doing a podcast? Mm-hmm. They do. They do. Your audience will attach to this. Mm-hmm. And, and it's exposure for the charity. It's exposure for you. It's all of those things that in you know five years ago didn't exist i mean did anybody know what a podcast was five years ago yet there well, are yeah, yeah but for me the idea i'm a, I'm a 20 year you know right successful thank god knock on wood broadcaster if you had a podcast it meant you failed in broadcast if you had a podcast a real, it meant right? you failed <laughs> and it meant that you used to be a, a disc jockey or radio personality or wannabe television reporter and this was now your little side hobby like ham radio in the right. 1970s this was right right my, my only avenue like CB, right and now when i talk to when i talk to young people when i talk to 19 20 21 year old interns they view podcasts is kind of like the gold standard and then radio show would be beneath that, more along the lines of what their parents had Crazy. an idea of what was cool. Crazy. So podcasts has flipped that. But people use this platform to learn. Mm-hmm. So, you know, even for you to say, yes, I'm willing to go on it, which is probably outside of your comfort zone, you know, it's great. I mean, yeah. and that's what, that's one of the qualities that I think makes you who you are and it makes it enjoyable for me. So, you know, I, I want to know along the way, what were some of the challenges that got you Please. to this place? There were some. <laughs> There's a lot of challenges. You yeah. just showed up great. <laughs> no, no, I didn't show great. I, you know, I think it's. I think you said it earlier. It's just being vulnerable mm. and stepping into places That's where you're challenge. not comfortable. Oh yeah. And uh, we kind of learned the the technique, the three, two, one, go. When you're really uncomfortable about something, you just count backwards and you just step onto the stage and you you nail it. Right. You just ha- you have to you have to push yourself and keep wow. learning whether you're trying to sell something, close a sale, go on live TV. It doesn't matter what it is. If mm-hmm. you're going in front of a you know, a, a, a group of three, you know, two, one, go three to one. Go. That's your mindset. So that's kind of like tearing, tearing the bandaid off fast. Just go. Or, or the water's kind of cold. You got you, you to jump right in. Three, two, one, go three, two. Yeah. One, you can go. three, two, one, go almost anything. If okay. you're like a little bit nervous, you, you know, you just three, two, one, go. And we just, you know, whether you have to make the phone call, plane, whether you have jumping to jumping out of a plane, you know, it works. Try it. Right. So, if you try it, it really does work. So Lori, you don't as, overthink it. You just as, go as president and CEO of United way of Palm Beach County. What might people be surprised makes you nervous? What might be surprised are things that make you, the boss, they may be surprised three, two, one moments for you. Oh, boy. Um, I would definitely say it was talking in front of huge audiences of people. Huge audience. A huge audience. Not knowing what to expect, really not sure how things were going to go. But you're okay with a small, a small audience. Yeah, yeah. So really, I'm, the other way, I'm the other way around. 
I get nervous okay. in front of a conference room with seven people. Okay. I've been on stage in front of 17,000 with the microphone. I'm fine with that. Okay. Because yeah. with a small room, you can tell who's paying attention, who's not, who respects you, True. who doesn't. With 17,000 in front of you, you can't tell amongst that noise. Yeah. So the large crowd makes you nervous. I think so. And then just uh, honestly, live TV interviews, that type of thing. I just. Makes um, you nervous. Yeah. What about it? What about it? Well, you know, I mean, I'm actually, I've got a whole lot better with it, to be honest, because Mm -hmm. people want to help you. They want to see you succeed. We're representing a charity. Feel good. And so when I'm walking on the stage at an award show and my high heel gets caught in the crack of the stage because they didn't put it together properly. That's happened to you before. It did. But (laughs) I saved myself. You know, I I have good balance. So (laughs) I... I didn't fall flat, but if I would have, I'd have stood up and taken a bow. And so you just kind of get over that fear. Did the show? Did the shoe stay there? Did you step out of the shoe? This I want close. the visual. Yeah, it was. So it was almost, this close. Almost came so, out of the shoe, yeah. but, but I had somebody shoe. next to me that kind of grabbed me, so I was okay. But but yeah, people want to help you. So, but it's that kind of fear, right? It's just right. Silly, Nobody but wants to be in that situation. Be so right. there's empathy from the audience yeah, and from yeah. everybody. I've had the same thing. But you have to make fun of yourself, honestly. Right. You can't take of yourself that seriously and then nobody yeah. really cares. So yeah. that's all. So I've talking I've gotten f- over it. Talking in front of large groups of people makes <laughs> you the boss a three, two, one countdown. Sometimes, yeah. Anything yeah. else in the everyday? They may be surprised because everyone listening, they have their own yeah. challenges, their own three, two, one moments, their yeah. own triggers, their own need to count themselves down and just jump in. What else? I mean, uh, well, it, I would say one of the biggest challenges is it's going back to fundraising. You know, into sales. It's like going in and making a call, making an ask, a big ask sometimes, mm. and making sure, is this person ready for what I'm going to ask them? Is this a time to close the deal? Did I do this at the right time? Do I pick up the phone and call them now? And sometimes I have to three, two, one it. Do you not like to ask people for money? No, I don't mind that because I, I love what I do. And right. I, you, and you know the outcome. Yeah. So. No, I, 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 I don't mind asking for money. I, uh, I just want to make sure I'm communicating in a way that I'm properly sharing the message mm. because the people are real and right. they really need our help and I don't right. want to let them down. I mean, I think that's really what it is. Your so heart's I, in the right place. I carry, I, carry, I carry that. And the truth is, is people know it. Like I'll go, you know, meet with people who are in big investors or prospects and they know it. They know if your heart is in the right place. What, what's so. fascinating is that exact conversation could be said of all salespeople. If your heart is in the right place good things happen, the problem or the challenge for most salespeople is their heart is not in it. Right. They're in it to sell it, to make money, to do, right. you know, all the other places. And so... That's not what, what we do. <laughs> well, yeah. so, so that was one of the things yeah. I, you know, was fascinated with you guys is once you have that passion and you're committed to it, you know you're going to run into some negative, but that makes it better for you because you're committed to something. And it makes it much better for the audience that you're speaking to because regardless, they can never question your credibility. You're committed to the, it. The advantage is she cares what happens to the money, which is different than someone who's selling billboards and could not Correct. care less possibly if right. your business succeeded or not. They want that damn commission in their pocket. They go on vacation. Lori cares that that money comes to so those people have those opportunities uh, and can sustain and, and can rise up. And as a result, that authenticity comes through. But Steve, a large portion of the people that buy your book, let's be honest portion of the people come see you speak, listen to this podcast, they are good at caring. They are good at the relationship development. They're scared to ask. They're scared to ask for the sell. They're scared to ask for the buy. They're scared and, to ask for the money. And so that, that actually brings up a great topic because I never ask for the order. I, I don't have to because I've worked mm. the relationship to a point mm. when they, they tell me, hey, I'm ready to do this. Mm. And so that, that freaks salespeople out. That takes a lot of training, a lot of finesse a lot of value building that says, hey, I know you're passionate about this and, you know, it's just, 
getting to a point where, um, interestingly enough, you know, my largest training client at the moment is Dex Imaging, and I never asked the guy for the order. We just were in the dance for a while where he said, you know what? I need to use you for my group, or mm-hmm. in your case, it would be, you know what? I, I love your passion. I want to help also. How can I help? Oh, boom. You don't have to ask. But for them, there is the promise or perception of ROI. There's re- return on investment. If I go and I buy something tangible, I give them my money, they hand it to me. When you're investing in United Way, you're investing in people, a tangibility that necessarily they can't quantify. I don't agree. I don't agree at all. Please explain otherwise. Because there's a return on emotion. You know, the, the ROE. When, when you, when the story, when I go to the big events mm-hmm. and when Lori's on stage, there are real people getting affected of course. by this stuff that it changes their life. Of course. Some of the, the kids who have been on stage who are like, you know, going to college or, you know, the backpacks and the whole thing, man. There's not a dry eye in the place. And I'm like, I am so proud of me for being wanting to be involved in this mission. But she has a unique challenge in that it's not necessarily something quantifiable, tangible on paper. You're explaining to folks that your help is going to be in investing in humankind in your community, right? Right. I mean, it's a, it, but you they have to feel that. Um, you know what? I because they're not she, getting a new set of ties. Not she getting does a vacation. A good house. job of quantifying it. Uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, but the charities that she supports, those leaders get up and speak and they say this is what united way did for me this is the actual house we built this is the bus no of course no 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 you're you're missing the point on this i usually do well no if if you're selling billboards (laughs) and they go okay here's a hundred thousand dollars you go great here's your 10 billboards right i got my 10 billboards i have one two three four five six nine ten there we go i'm gonna reach x amount of people and that's it right 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 that as opposed to united way there has to be uh, the faith and the trust and the belief and, and, a, and a little bit of compassion and empathy, which really are the two most important traits anyone can possess. So you have a unique challenge because you can't say, here's your 10 billboards. Right. That's true. And sometimes, I mean, there's certain topics too, like homelessness. It isn't just a matter of putting somebody in a house. Mm. Sometimes they're not ready for it. So you might, somebody might give you a hundred thousand dollars. You might say, I'm going to get everybody housed, but it doesn't work that way. It doesn't, it doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way because of the mental health issues, the substance abuse issues. There's of always course. so many layers within that that it isn't it isn't cut and dry yeah. yeah i would imagine that so much of this is about what we talk about always steve and that's culture that within the united way there has to be employed and teaming up with people who just care first about the end result more so than the paycheck their job title their corporate status etc exactly that's exactly right i hire for compassion that's like the number one trait hands down well, well, so if you don't have that i you know you're not gonna fit the team the way we got introduced um is through my friend lexi savage who I, when I moved up here, I said, hey, I'm in the market. She told me who she was working with, and we met thereafter, and just the, the energy and excitement was, was what attracted me. But very similar to what, why I wrote Chapter 27 in the book, if you legitimately live your life giving first mm-hmm. and not keeping score, because mm-hmm. the other part is, all right, where's my return? Right. If you just give... And salespeople are notorious for not giving at all. They just get. I want to get. Right. Get me the business. There's givers and takers, and they're takers. So if you legitimately, in your mind, program yourself that I'm going to give, which is what I did. I said, what can I give you? Mm -hmm. And most people think it's only give money. Well, there's lots of resources you could give that have nothing to do with money. Introductions, connectivity, time and (laughs) compassion and effort. Uh, You know what I always say? You know uh, 
the universe knows why we do what we do. If you're doing something nice because you want something in return, if you're bidding 50,000 euros like the event I did in France last month and you're standing up so everyone can see you and you're a big shot, the universe knows why you're doing it. It's not what we do, it's why we do it. We are rewarded by the universe. We are rewarded for when we are just trying to do good for others without thinking or wanting anything in return. We don't realize that it may come a week, a month, a year, a decade later, but damn it, if I don't have a great life, and damn it, if this didn't seem to just work out after I started to figure out how can I help you, what can I do for you, how can I make your life better? And that's what you do on a daily basis. That's what you get to wake up every Monday morning. There's no Sunday scaries for you. You don't go to bed dreading this, right, the Sunday scaries, (laughs) (laughs) because you realize tomorrow I'm going to go and make a difference. I'm going to change some lives. Absolutely. When I had the opportunity to get in front of her whole team, and there was probably 60 plus, maybe 70 people in a room, they were so grateful for the knowledge and the training about what it's like to live in a sales culture because they, they were never exposed to it. Mm-hmm. And the more they learned, the more it validated who they really were anyway, which is fascinating because the best salespeople are the ones who give and don't look for the return. It just, the more you give, the more you get, you know, and all that kind of stuff. So it was fascinating for me and I enjoyed the work. I'm still in touch with lots of the people through social media who just said, wow, you know, I never thought about it like that. Don't worry about, you know, new it. Just make five friends today. Can you go out and make five friends? Well, that's what great salespeople do. And so that philosophy, you know, has really worked for, you know. Do you have, Lori, personal philosophy like that? Well, you know what I was going to say is I really wanted to just give a shout out about how effective that has been in our group because our number, the United Ways across the country are in a decline. And Why is that? Why is that? Uh, giving in general is probably in well it, in some ways it is and so just because there's more and more competition people mm. don't know our message people don't have the same space in the workplace mm-hmm. and ours is the exact opposite because we have learned how to network we've learned how to sell we've learned how to package our stories to get in front of people and so we're one of the very few where we continue to raise more and more and more money each year so i thought maybe the decline had something Seriously, to do totally 100 percent. when i came in it was 12 million and now we're up to almost 17 million that was unplanned each year we have not, you each have year not it's gone up me, so if you look at all of our numbers volunteer flattering. engagement wow. everything I, across the board has just continued I to rise come on back come on back i it feared works. the decline had to do with the wow. fact that yeah, you and amazing. chloe hadn't asked me for my help okay. that's what i had feared well we're looking for the next big was directly attributable to me and then you no, I was going to say, well, let me save you and chip in. <laughs> Steve knows that I'm kidding, of course. Absolutely. We would love to have you join us. I would love to. Join. It's been years. Um, okay. It's, an, it's important work, what you guys do. But more importantly, you have an important message you can share to young people that listen to this of all ages through folks that say it's never too late to become what I might have been. As a CEO, as a president, three things that just come to you immediately that you would say you must be willing to, you must be able to, you must be wanting to, would be what? Off the top of your head. And they don't have to be poetic in prose. Okay, all right. So three things off the top of my head. I would say- you be willing to, wanting to, and able to do what? You really have to articulate a clear vision for where you want to go. You know, what does that look like? And then you have to- Come up with a strategy of how do you get there, and then you got a three, two, one. It you just have to get up and do wow. it. Sometimes it yeah. requires a three, two, one. You just got it. So we're on show seventy three. We've had some amazing people here. That's the first time I've heard that in my career. Three, two, one. It is a is a winner. Three, I mean, two, one. Sometimes you just got to jump. Sometimes you just, yeah, just do it. Don't overthink three, it. Three, two, one. No. Jump. Is that is that make what? your vision, make your strategy to get there, and then move on it. Fantastic. 
three things you would warn people. They make this mistake. We see it in email. Um, hope all is well. When I get an email that opens with hope all is well, I know immediately you're about to ask me for something. You, you know what? I, it's almost like when someone says, don't take this personally. You know immediately you're going to take it personally, right? Someone yells at you, relax or calm down. You immediately think, no, you relax. You kind of, what are three mistakes that people make? And here you are now. You're, you're the CEO. You're the president. And so you've learned along the way, 20 years, in fact, six years now in this role that you are, um, folks, stop doing this. Stop saying this. Stop emailing this. What comes to mind on those? (laughs) That's a hard one. Um, Anything? Well, I I think, um, you know, I always tell everyone, well, this, I don't know that it's exactly answering that, but we have a lot of young people that work with us and they're brand new in. They don't think they necessarily have to do the the grind it out. Uh, they want to get promoted very quickly. Yeah, and so they'll start, you know. And I, you know, try to coach them and say, take a different approach to that. Raise your hand, take on a project, but don't ask for the big title and the raise today. <laughs> Earn your way there. So I see that with young people. Is that a general generational I think thing? From my experience, I've seen yeah. it more in that space. But this is so a, that's it, one it, example. If they're young people today, meaning that they're nineteen to twenty five. They've had tablets, instant downloads, exactly. internet access, and, and right. whatever they want. They had DVD players in the in the car, you know, watching whatever movie they yep. wanted from birth. So they don't know any other way. Right. What's interesting, so there's a guy that. named Simon Sinek, who is a great speaker. Um, I may have turned him on yeah. uh, to you guys. But um, he does a, a video about um, this millennial situation, if you will. And he points out and, and says, who's to blame? And who do you think is to blame? We are. We are. Right. Because well, we you are because you're significantly older than me. <laughs> I mean, but but it points out that as a culture, we wanted and we gave our spoon fed our kids so much that that's what they expect. They expect it now. They don't expect that there's some adversity. We've and, raised what I call an instant gratification nation. Yeah. It's I mean, now yeah. what I want, when I want, where I want, how I want. And we become very aggravated, agitated when that anyway that's disrupted. And, and legitimately, when we train sales teams, we try and put together daily activities. This is my what I'm going to commit to do mm-hmm. every day. And you would think that we're asking them to dig a ditch. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like just write down and commit to three of these and three of these. And it's like, oh, you know, how am I going to do that? <laughs> I'm like. This, I don't care how long your day is. I don't care if it's right. six hours, eight hours, 12 hours. You can accomplish lots of stuff every single day. Sure. And, and it's really not so much only millennials, although you see that a lot because they have not been trained in focusing on what you do, not what you want. Wow. And on that note, we remind everybody, sometimes in life you'll have challenges and things that make you nervous, uncomfortable, but it'll make you better and more successful. You got a three, two, one jump. We can hold that. You're going to be <laughs> president for it. CEO. I'm blasting that to all United my, Way, I'm Palm Beach that. County. Lori George, thank you for joining us. Thank you. Glad to be here. Did you enjoy it? Yeah. That's cool, right? Yeah, yeah cool. Yeah. She had to 3 2 1 jump it a couple times in there, but you saw she did. Yeah, she jumped right absolutely. in. Absolutely. And there you have it. Steve, we don't ask people how you're doing. That's small talking nonsense. Instead, you try to remind everyone to uh, tell us all something good. So, as Shaka Khan plays us out, why don't you do that? Tell Here's us something good. Something good. So, uh, I am about to uh, visit with my friend Bob Goldfarb, okay. who is my tailor. I know Bob. And uh, we're going to redo my wardrobe for my September 12th TED event. So uh, those that are already coming, those who will see it on video, 
I'll have a new wardrobe, man. Very nice. Fun stuff. So well, that is something that's exciting. Got to keep up in the blazer game, man. It's all part of the brand. Well, no, because they expect more from you. They expect more. That's the problem. More, is that now you, you got to outdo like, yourself. Right, right. It's, it's like the slam dunk contest. <laughs> oh boy, what am I going to do this year? I right, got to keep doing it. You so, it. so I'm excited. I'm going to go see my friend Bob support his business. He was Small Business of the Year this year. So was he really proud of him? Yeah. Well, tell him I said hello. I shall. Please. Our thanks again to Lori George, President and CEO of United Way. Palm Beach County, get involved, folks. Um, see how you can help participate and get what Steve pointed out can be an ROE return on emotion. I like that. I like cool, that. Huh? Steve Nodelberg, Josh Cohen saying thank you for listening. We will catch you next time on the Confessions of a Serial Salesman, the podcast.